You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. The views, opinions, and content of the show's hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. Good afternoon, everybody. You're listening to Mark the Shark with Bite of Reality. The most amazing show you've ever seen on America's Web Radio, the eclectic station for all. It makes you think, makes you use your brain. We want you to listen. Why do you want to listen? Because you're not going to get it anywhere else except for right here. America, if you're listening, this may be our last transmission before we are overrun by the enemy. We are under attack. The front lines have been breached and the enemy is strong. The enemy appears to be coming from all sides and in all directions. However, I can't make them out from here as I am to the right of where they will come from. But they are definitely massive. And they are definitely, definitely looking to launch a final strike, a final assault. Now, they have indeed infiltrated our lines and are prepared for the final attack. To attack everything that identifies America. It's a great history. To simply wipe it off the face of the earth, our monuments, our ideals, our great generals, our historical significant sites, names of our institutions... Whether or not we agree with their positions at the time, it doesn't matter. The enemy attacks everything that identifies us as being independent, free-thinking, with a focus on killing independent thought, the most feared of all. The weapons they are using are unconscionable to any reasonable person. They attack and kill without mercy, without regard for any consequences, all in an effort to destroy everything we know as America. I really don't understand why the enemy is so volatile. I don't understand why they are so focused on destroying everything that we built for the approximately the last 245 years. The enemy does not listen. They cannot be reasoned with. They are ideologues who know nothing other than what they are told to think. And they are singular in their thought process. Trying to reason with them is of no consequences. They cannot hear you. It reminds me of an old quote by Friedrich Nietzsche. And those who were seen dancing by those who could not hear the music were thought to be insane. One would think about that. It used to be said that you couldn't reason with unreasonable people. We've all heard it. It takes two to tango. Statements like that. But yet when the other side is an enemy and they don't care what you think, they don't care what you say, and they are intent on destroying your way of life, what do you do? What do you do? In America, we take to the ballot box. We vote our conscience. I would vote for who the, those who are attempting to lead us based on what they said during the elections. We do some research, perhaps. We hope they tell us where they stand. We hope they tell us what the truth is, that they intend to stand by, and what they believe. But when that doesn't happen, when that actually is a defective system, we wind up with defective results. This is a real attack, America. They are not playing games. They are playing for keeps. The Democrats take no prisoners, and they have been known to even eat their own. Ask Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema about that. If you try to get into the White House, the Capitol building, and for that matter of fact, if you try to get on a plane in the United States, you're going to need to show a form of ID. You're going to need to show a photo ID. 
Try to get into an office building in Manhattan. You need ID. In fact, David, snap a picture of you and give you a little sticker that you put on. Yet the Democrats in this country believe now that you should not have to prove who you are, who you could be, and you don't have to identify yourself. And you should be allowed to register the same day to vote. As the vote takes place, we're currently registering. Hey, in the studio we have, on point, the Victor show host. Look at that. So the ideologues, the Democrats, would argue that that is open voting. It allows more people to vote, they tell you. And that's what they want to do, allow people to vote. But think about it for a second. Why do you want to have no identification for people who are voting? What I perceive to be the important right in America. Why should someone not want to be identified when placing a vote which is the most sacred right in America? Because the motive is nefarious, folks. That's what it is. Take, for instance, somebody who has a dishonest person decides to register in 10 different counties on the day of voting. Under the Democratic Relaxed Rules to vote using 10 different names. And then went to 10 other counties and registered to vote using another 10 different names. Maybe, in fact, they've applied for and obtained 20 or 30 different mail-in names, voting ballots, and which the Democrats seek to make federally controlled by legislative. An unconstitutional mandate, by the way. Just think. No excuses whatsoever to request an absentee ballot. You just request one, and they send it for no reason at all. Think about all those, you know, they used to say, what happens to you when you die? You become a Democratic voter. That's what goes on. So no excuse to request an absentee ballot, no stringent rules, no signature identification. You just request one and send it in. Interesting enough, they want to do with the signature verification. Why? When I go to the voting ballot... They ask me who I am. They ask me to sign a different document and identify me because they want to know who is voting. That's the way it goes. But the Democrats also want to make that interesting concept of ballot harvesting. Now, what's ballot harvesting? Well, that's interesting in and of itself. Ballot (laughs) ballot harvesting basically says that someone can go out and collect your ballot. Not a close family member, not a relative, somebody who just goes out and collects a ballot. Incredible. So that ballot chain of custody is destroyed. They're going to give it to somebody. Somebody's going to give it to somebody else. They may or may not change it, and they'll bring it in. No signature verification required, no ID at all. So what does this relaxed federal voting right do? It allows the people to cheat. You're going to hate the words I'm going to tell you right now. And it's going to bring back memories for other people from the left side. They're going to start crying. But this allows people to steal elections. Yeah, I said the words. To have 30 or 40 votes per person, which is a potential under the scenario proposed by the Democrats. It's the Democrats' proposal just telling you about it here. This is an existential threat to America. Way before climate change will ever get here. So... Think of it as a public service message from Bite of Reality Show. Think about it. When they want to change the vote, when they want to relax the rules, when they want to let anybody come in that day and vote, think about what they're going to do with your vote. 
Your vote that you take and you keep and you treasure, your vote's going to mean less. It's going to mean nothing. Because that other guy with the nefarious information and the 30 different names, he's voting 30 times, my boys. Actually, boys and girls. So, if you would have tuned into one of these Democratic news stations, you would know that an attack is going on. You wouldn't know at all. They would be talking about Trump, Trump, Trump. It's almost like a song for them. The conservatives in this country, I've been saying for years, don't even understand that there's a war going on. And they haven't even started the fight. I've heard these people talk. And that's all I've heard them do. You know, unfortunately, the Republicans, when they had the opportunity, they didn't take it. They were so busy fighting amongst themselves that they got nothing done. So guess what happens? The Americans don't like it when things don't get done. They like it when people go to Washington and pay attention to what they're asking. We sent you to Washington because we want you to represent us. Not you. You represent us. Maybe that needs to be a slogan somewhere in the Capitol. Maybe that needs to be posted every door and every place that they see in the mornings. Put it on the floor, put it on the walls. You represent us. They don't run this country. They are supposed to transmit our ideas, our wants, our needs up to the higher powers that be that can put them into the law. Not the other way down. It's not supposed to go from the top down. It's supposed to go from the bottom up. I hear the Democrats cry about the economic trickle down doesn't work. Oh, my goodness. It doesn't work at all. So what really is trickle down? Trickle down? Well, it's trickle-down politics. They'll tell you what you can do. And if you don't like it, tough noogies. Look it up. It's a term of art, noogie. So I was kind of hoping that one of our superheroes would become involved and save us. But the fact is, Superman no longer has a listed number. He's joined the ranks of those who just want to stay at home quietly, ignoring the rest of society, and lives in his mother's basement. You know, you can be in your own world, but at some point in time, you have to get out and experience the rest of the world. I'm not telling you to follow everything that goes on. I'm telling you to be reasonable. You know what? This COVID vaccine and the COVID pandemic, that was something that woke America up. And maybe that's what it's back. Maybe that's what it's about. Maybe you need to pay attention. So, we look at it one way. In fact, I heard rumors that Superman was thinking about moving out of his mother's basement, but based on the economic situation in this country currently, he's decided to stay there. I'm trying to reach out to you through my words for those of you who are still left in America, who can defend the beautiful country that we were left with who are willing to get in front and lead the resistance from the terrible regime that is about to take America. And I keep saying it, and maybe someday it'll sink in. The progressive left, the AOCs, the Omars, the Jamalas, those are the people who want to take you so far left, if Columbus was still around, we'd fall off the map. We want to stay in the game, folks. We don't want to be known as the America used to be. That's not something that we want to know. That's not something that I want to hear. So 
Why don't we just go, we'll take a quick break right now, and we'll come right back after. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. You're listening to America's Web Radio, and you're listening to Mark the Shark on Bite of Reality. So, just before the break, we finished up with Superman. He's still living in his mother's basement because of the current situation with our economy. Although I heard that we added 531,000 jobs. Um, Of course, based on the prediction that Joe Biden inherited a horrible economy, uh, would this, I'm, I'm confused, is this still the Trump economy that they blame Trump for, or is this now Trump's success? So it, it's interesting the way they want to take the credit when there's a positive, and when there's a negative, they can yell Trump, 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 Trump. It's always Trump. When it's bad, it's Trump. When it's good, it's Biden. But that's not the reality. We all know that. Listen, if not for the pandemic... I'm pretty sure Trump would have been reelected, even though people hated him. They loved his policies, you know, and I believe that a lot of that hate was developed in the media and had absolutely nothing to do with Trump himself nor his policies. It really was something that they created and they were very successful at it. And maybe someday, maybe someday in the next 20 or 30 years, John Durham will finish his report and finish his investigation and maybe, maybe, maybe get to the guy who actually started this hoax. Russia, Russia, Russia. Well, at least we all learned to pronounce the word. But, you know, I'm going to turn a little bit now to our current events. You know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention today that, unfortunately, Colin Powell had passed away. And one of our great generals, and he was actually one of the few that I can respect. And I I can say that with all due respect to some of these other knuckleheads like Millie and the other guys who have come in. General Colin Powell was somebody who, he was a Jamaican immigrant. His family came from Jamaica. And this guy did not believe that America was a racist country. He didn't believe that America was bad. He didn't believe that America was a terrible place to live. In fact, he didn't ask for anything. He earned it. He earned everything he got. He was a great general. He was a great individual. And people who knew him always, always held him in the highest regards. There basically was nothing bad ever said about this gentleman. And that's the way he lived his life. He achieved because he worked hard, not because somebody gave him something. So with that I send our respects to him as a veteran, as a citizen of the United States. I thank him for his service, and I wish him Godspeed in his journey to his next life. 
But talking about next life, switching gears quickly, I want to talk about the Virginia election. That was pretty amazing this week when you think about it. We saw things that used to happen in America. Hasn't happened in a long time. But what happened actually in America this week? Well, guess what? America got involved. You know, the Japanese had a saying that one of their admirals said, I think it was Admiral Yamamoto in World War II, when they attacked Pearl Harbor, and they were congratulating him on the phenomenal job he did. And you know what he did? He turned around and he said, I fear we have awoken the sleeping tiger. And guess what? It's actually the sleeping giant. So now, what have we done here? And it's going to happen in Virginia. It happened in New York on Long Island. It's going to happen all over this country. What's going to happen? Remember that famous guy, that guy once said, let me see, what was his name? John F. Kennedy? Yeah, some of you only know it as a bridge. But John F. Kennedy, it's an amazing guy. And what was he so amazing about? He said, ask not what you can do for your country, but what your country can do for you. No, he didn't say that. Because a lot of you are going, hey, that's a great saying. No, that's not what he said. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. We've lost that. We've lost that in America. You know, where did that sentiment go? There's a commercial on TV about the Lincoln where stress goes into the air when you drive in a Lincoln. Where did the sentiment that people support your country, where did that go? When did we begin to hate America? Well, I have my own theories. They taught it to you in school. They taught you to hate America. They taught you America is a racist, horrible place. And guys like me, I had two very successful kids going through college and going now. They went through K through 12. And it never dawned on me to find out what was going on in their little world in the school. So the amazing results out of the solid blue state, Virginia. Virginia is not a red state. Virginia is a solid blue state. So let me say that again. Virginia is a solid blue state. Now, I know everybody's familiar with the name Terry McAuliffe. Joe Biden, Obama, Kamala Harris. Yeah, they were all coming to the Virginia state. They all were pushing for McAuliffe. The old establishment coming back. They're getting the band back together. It was like a Beatles reunion. But yet, something amazing happened. The elitists were unsuccessful. So Glenn Youngkin, a businessman, hasn't been in politics before. You know, that state hasn't gone Republican in many, many years. And what happened? Glenn Youngkin got 50.9% of the vote, and McAuliffe got 48.4% of the vote in a deep blue state. You know, people are saying, well, why did Terry McAuliffe not run for a second term? In Virginia, their state rules and their state laws state basically that a governor cannot run for a consecutive term, which by and large might be a good idea, might be a bad idea. Depends on how you look at it. So he was not the winner. Now wait, I'll do the Joe Biden impression. Glenn Youngkin won. Why did Glenn Youngkin win? Well, wait, let's discuss it a little further. Well, who else won? Let's see if that was an aberration. 
the next interesting race in Virginia, the up-and-coming star in the Republican Party, named Winston Sears. Winsome Sears. She's a Jamaican immigrant who came to the country and served in the military as a Marine. She's a Marine veteran. She's not only the first black female to become lieutenant governor of Virginia. Yeah, did you hear that? But as a Marine veteran, she's the first Marine veteran female black as the lieutenant governor. But interestingly enough, you wouldn't believe it if I told you, but I had to turn on MSNBC and NBC and CNN, Communist News Network. They were claiming that she was elected by the white supremacists and that America loves its white supremacy. Let me say that again. The Jamaican female Marine veteran was elected by white supremacists. Think about that. That's what the media was claiming. That's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm not really familiar. At one point, I understand they also called her a white supremacist, which is the new face of white supremacy is black supremacy. I'm, I'm confused by that one, boy. I think the left needs to readjust some of their thinking. In fact, I think James Carville said something very interesting this week. James Carville, he was a, uh, an old hack from the Democratic Party. He sometimes tells it like it is. He was very interesting. He said, they need to go to work. They need to go, <laughs> I'm sorry, not to work. Yeah, they do need to go to work. But they need to go to the work detoxification clinic. Again, the woke detoxification clinic. Say that three times fast. That's what James Carver was saying. He's saying they all need to get the woke out. You know, it's very interesting when the left attacks its own. But then let's go a little further in Virginia because, you know, it was the white supremacists they were complaining about. Now, who's the attorney general now? A guy by the name of Jason Mirades. He won against Mark Herring. Well, that's kind of funny that the white supremacist elected a Hispanic American, Jason Miaris, as their attorney general. Huh. Kind of changing the appropriation of the white supremacy label, wouldn't you think? You know, the Democrats had a winning message. No, they did not. I'm just kidding. What was their message? The platform of white supremacy has taken over this country. Do you know how many times I heard the term white supremacist? It's kind of the, the same concept, led by the Republicans, the white supremacists. The only problem is the story, the attorney general is Hispanic, the lieutenant governor is a Jamaican black woman. I, does it make any sense to anyone else, or am I the only guy who sees this? You know, if I have five pieces of apple in this hand and zero pieces of apple in this hand, that's not equity. That's not even reality if they say I have both the same apple in both hands. So I don't know. The Democrats have really perfected the method of saying anything they want, but everybody repeats it so it must be true. doesn't really matter anymore. The reality of the situation doesn't have anything to do with the reality. That's kind of strange, wouldn't you think? They could tell you all they want. Well, who's got the bigger umbrella here? Dear Party of Diversity... No, the party of division. That's the Democrats. The Democrats want to put you into little categories. They want to pick you out. 
Who are you? What's your race? What's your ethnicity? What's the color of your skin? The Republicans say, who the heck cares? You're either a good guy and you have the right ideas, or you don't. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care what you are, female, male. We don't make big things about the fact that you're a lesbian, that you're a gay guy, that you're a pangender, that you haven't figured out your gender. Because know what? The Republicans don't care. But they keep yelling about that they do care. They're the ones that care. No, we're not. We don't care about your ethnic makeup. We don't care about any of that because it doesn't matter to us. That's where we're conceptually different. So stop listening to the garbage that they tell you. And I pointed out to you also, interestingly enough, Kamala Harris went to Virginia. And she was about as qualified as a rock to be the vice president. Probably my backyard garden rock was more qualified. But she fit the checkboxes for the Democratic Party, the party of ethnicity, the party of race. So they checked off their boxes and they put her in there. But on the other hand, the planting box I have in the back that's falling down in the backyard due to its age is probably more qualified than Joe Biden. Probably about the same age, too. So I guess in the end, you got to look at who the Democratic Party has become. Has it become AOC? Has it become Jamala? Has it become Omar? The one who thinks that marrying your brother to get into Congress is okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting on that investigation. So I hold my breath? If I held my breath, there wouldn't be a show next week. These are the things that people see. They see the two standards. Under sections of the criminal procedure law, there's a D and there's an R. D is for Democrat. And underneath that section, it says, do not prosecute. And under the R, it says, throw the book at them. Yeah, I mean, you think I'm kidding? Look at the prosecutions that have been going on. Okay, where's Comey? Lying to Congress? Is that a crime anymore? Ah, not if you're a Democrat. It's okay. You know, I didn't want to go down this path, but I got sidetracked for a little bit. You know, but the real fact is that you got to look at it in Virginia is what's your takeaway? Virginia was the government versus the people. When did the people start to fight back? You know when? When we got pushed too far. When you push us too far as Americans, we turn around and we push back. We may be very calm. We may have a long fuse. But when it goes off, you're going to know about it. That's what went on in Virginia. Americans reached their crap limit. And they stand it up. They stood up, I should say. And they were to be counted. And they sure as heck got counted. You know, We all know that Terry McAuliffe said during the debates, parents shouldn't be involved in their child's education. People sat there and they went, what? But Youngkin was as bright star as you can be. He picked up on that. And he hammered away from them. He hammered them on it. And he had already said it. And he tried to backtrack. But you know what? When people heard that, it was over. And then Merrick Garland, what I discussed last week with the parents, bringing in the FBI, it's absurd. It was absolutely absurd. They took him down. They took him down a peg or two, and they made him look foolish. So what did they do? You know, Terry McAuliffe, he was talking about public school kids. Guess where his kids went to school? They went to private school. Yeah. 
Funny how the people who stand their, they send their kids to private school are against school choice. How's that work out, huh? That seemed great. All right, we're going to be right back after this. We're going to take a short break, and we'll come back and continue with our Democrats. Veterans Day is fast approaching. On November 11th, please don't forget to take a few moments to honor and thank those that have served so bravely. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Hi. This is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, from Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to Bite of Reality with Mark the Shark. So right before the break, we were talking about the Democrats, what happened in Virginia. So now the Democrats literally got trounced on Tuesday. You'd think that maybe they would change their tune. Maybe take a bite of reality. <laughs> there you go. I knew I'd fit that in at some of the programs. And try to determine what America really wants. As I think we set a lot of goals on Tuesday. We said a lot on Tuesday. America spoke. Now, surprisingly, or maybe not that surprising, the Democrats believe that it's because they failed to deliver on their wildly left spending spree. Their failure to pass some monumental debit-creating garbage legislation. And that's why they lost the election, said AOC, as she was driving in her new fancy car. That may be just saying that's, that's kind of like, she might as well just have said, Trump, 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 Trump. Well, guess what? Democrats, Trump's no longer the president. He is no longer the riding crop horse that you can ride along and whip and say, look, look. He is not the president, Democrats. Enough. And guess what? That obviously wasn't exactly the winning strategy you thought it would be. Joe Biden went to Virginia. He campaigned with McAuliffe. He used the phrase Trump 24 separate times in about a 13-minute speech. Obviously, it was written for them. They didn't have a lot of words to put in because they kept just writing every other word. Trump, Trump, Trump. He's reading the teleprompter. Perhaps that might be a bad strategy, but what would your takeaway be? The sad reality is, is that the Democrats decided that 
government is the answer for everything. You know, Reagan used to say, if government is the answer, the question is stupid. And I strongly believe that. I'm a big limited government guy because I haven't seen the government run anything properly. I haven't seen them do anything that really made sense lately. From their new budget that came out where the military is flat as China outspends us and threatens the world. So, but you got to believe that people like Omar, AOC, and the squad, they call them the squad. I don't know what the squad, the weird squad, the way out squad, the left squad. I call them wingnuts, the left wingnuts. They believe that they should rush in now and get this monumental debt-creating piece of garbage legislation. And by the way, folks, as we speak now, they were working on voting on it. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi wants to vote on it. 2,000 pages of this document came out just yesterday. In fact, last evening. Not even yesterday, during the day. And they're expected to vote this morning on it. Well, some of the moderate Democrats with a brainstem decided, well, hold on there, girl. We need to take a look at this bill, maybe, perhaps, and see what's in it. You know, I'll be talking about that a little bit later on. But interestingly enough, they've learned nothing. The Democrats have learned absolutely nothing. The American situation, the Democrats are tone deaf to. They don't hear us. Going back to Nietzsche's statement, they think we're insane. They don't hear the music. We're chatting it up. We're talking it up. We're telling them all about it. And they're not listening. They're so tone deaf to the American situation that we are currently living in from the inflation to the supply line shortages to the uneasy feelings about China blowing up the United States any five minutes they can take us out. Our military languishing in critical race theory and white anger. Do we not teach how to fight anymore? Do we want a more polite strike force, a more polite Navy SEAL? Or do we want a more lethal Navy SEAL? You know, the hard reality of facts is that you need, a, you need a military that people fear, not that people like. You need to be feared, not liked, as the military. If you are not lethal as a military, you're done. You know, the Republicans had a takeaway from Tuesday, and I hope that they took it away and they understood what it was. Perhaps this was the waking of America, as I said. The inevitable sleeping tiger, the ferocious soul of America, has been pushed too far and has begun to push back. Tuesday was nothing more than the America has had enough of this woke insanity. You can push Americans, but at some point we're going to turn around and push back. It took a long time to get into World War II, but when we got in, we finished it. We took care of our business. And we apparently took care of the rest of the world's business, too. But that's what we do as Americans. We're not only ferocious, but we are an insurmountable force that cannot be reckoned with if you push us. You know, I watched something what I would like to call the babbling brooks versus the babbling government leaders this week. You ever hear the sound of a babbling brook? It has that noise that you just kind of listen to it. You're not really sure what it sounds like. It has its own unique sound, but it just keeps babbling. You don't understand it. It doesn't talk to you. You can't understand it. It doesn't understand you. It's just a brook. I feel, as I watched our president this week, 
he's kind of the babbling brook. He's kind of, you know, he had his little daytime trip in Scotland. And then once again, he's a babbling idiot. He basically says things that don't make any sense at all to anybody. And he continues to do that. It sounds like then you hear Pelosi the other day. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. She was giving a short news conference and she was taking a bite out of uh, Biden's book. We don't answer questions anymore because the questions are straightforward and they're looking for honest facts. And we don't do that. We don't do facts anymore. So it sounded like she lost her ability to put rational thoughts together. It was sort of kind of incomprehensible what she was saying. And, and you got to think that this is someone who's leading Congress. When she sounded like that, she had lost her marble several years ago. It was really kind of scary for a little bit. You know, we have to make better choices in America. We have to find the people who care about this country and who can relate to everyone in the society, in society, I should say, and not just behind their 10-foot cement walls that surround their mansions. You know, another thing is, is America needs to push its founding. Not to knock down our statues. Not to take the names of Lincoln and our great generals off of buildings, monuments and squares, and off of military schools. If you wipe out our American identity, we will be nothing more than a splotch on the wall of history. Is that what America wants to be? No. We're not that. You know, it kind of brings me where we have a lack of military preparedness now. Something that can, it really should concern each and every one of us. You know, I have two young daughters, not that young, college age. And I wanted to leave this planet and I wanted to leave this country to them. To be the country that guided me to where I am today. And we talked about it last week. The fact that China has acquired the hypersonic missiles, which we cannot detect this is a pretty serious, like, this is what, what even the moron General Milley, who's pretty much incompetent, he said this was the Sputnik moment, or nearly Sputnik moment. He doesn't even understand that yet. These hypersonic missiles, they go up into the atmosphere, into space, leaving our Earth, and then coming back. But at the time they come back, they're traveling so fast that we cannot shoot them out of the sky. So, I watched this genius, the illustrious General Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the advisor to the president. He made quite a phenomenal statement regarding the military readiness and China's ability to take Taiwan in the near term. He claimed somewhere in the neighborhood of no longer than 24 months, they would not be able to do it. He emphatically stated they would not be prepared nor capable of taking over Taiwan within the time period. Now I'm really worried. Why am I worried? This is the same moronic general who thought that Afghanistan was a success. He's the guy who thought that the Taliban could never take back Afghanistan. Only those two blaring military victories, as he would claim, he was 100% wrong on both of them. Both occasions. I kind of suggest that maybe we reevaluate our military generals and our military intelligence if there is any left. And the fact that Taiwan and the next, it, it's 
completely. Taiwan is on the hit parade. They are next. China is looking to take them over. I heard somewhere, I saw some reports that there was 159 incursions of fighter jets and bombers from China into Taiwan airspace. Hmm. Wonder what that's for. Gee, they're just stretching their arms right before they punch out the lights in Taiwan. But the problem is, we're unprepared. We're not ready to fight them. We're not ready to even help Taiwan. After Biden's military disaster in Afghanistan, I wouldn't think that America could conquer a hot dog stand, unfortunately. And you know what? It's not the men and women who are fighting. It's the idiots who direct them. That's where we're losing it. We're losing our military superiority. That's a problem. And recently, I understand, during the military games out in California, the Royal, the Royal Marines, who we were fighting with, completely wiped out the American military. We literally lost the war games completely. This is incomprehensible. This is an utter failure of military. What are we doing? Stop teaching these guys to be angry at each other. Stop teaching them. What are we needing? We're needing to be a lethal fighting force. That's something that we really need to focus on. I'm really concerned about the readiness of this country to get into any tussle. You know, we're more concerned with white rage than anything else. And we're going to take a short break, and we'll come right back after that and discuss a little bit more about it. Start taking back our country from the liberal wokes by voting locally for conservative Republicans. Hello, my name is Rick White, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I want to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And if you are a Georgia veteran, then the definition of a Georgia veteran is either you were born in the state of Georgia, or you've lived here 10 years, or you were raised to right hand and joined the military in this state, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to www.gmbhof.org, or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. We'd love to have your nomination for the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. Thank you so much. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Talking, talking, talking. There we go. (laughs) Had a little technical difficulty with some dead air there. You're listening to America's Web Radio with Mark the Shark. And if I remember to turn my mic on, that would really help. So right before the break, we were talking about the lack of military preparedness. You know, the budget on that military situation was flat. Kind of incomprehensible based on what China's doing over there. They're spending like crazy. They're increasing their nuclear weapons capability hypersonic missiles, and what are we doing? White rage and inclusivity and diversity. Good idea. Instead of combat training, let's train diversity and inclusion. That'll help us win the war. So we can reason with them as they shoot us, right before they shoot us, I should say. You know, we really need to get our heads on straight. 
Well, here's another example of our government gone wild. You know, everybody loved those little things, the government gone wild. It should be a new hit show lately. So I wanted to briefly talk about OSHA. And what's OSHA? OSHA is the Occupational Safety and Hazard Agency, or administration, I should say, is the proper name. But yesterday they came out with some very interesting rules at the behest of the Biden administration. You know, things that the government can't do, they cannot do. But apparently under the Biden administration, it really doesn't matter. You know, yesterday they came out with something called the Emergency Temporary Standard, which is basically short-term for a long-term mandate for the COVID-19 vaccine. And it was pretty interesting. It basically said that it affects over 100 million working employees of different various companies. And any company with more than 100 persons employed, and they have the, the criteria for that, but any company with more than 100 persons employed have now to have a mandatory vaccine. Now your employees are forced to get the vaccine. Listen, I will tell you first out in full disclosure, I took the vaccine. I did some research. I talked to some physicians. And I took it because I understood what I was taking. No one forced me to do it. And I don't think anyone should ever be forced to do it. That's the problem in this country. When you force people to do things, they're not going to do them. They're going to push back. But instead of spending 20 minutes on an infomercial, they're deciding to put in these regulations. You know, it's like the border. And I know you love when I mention the border. And it lights up my day too. But OSHA is an Occupational Safety Hazard Administration. That means where if they see that there is an occupational problem in a mining operation or in a building, people aren't wearing certain safety gear. That's what their job is. Their job is not to go out and make sure that you have all your vaccines. That's not exactly the imminent threat. And one of the things that kind of we were told at the beginning was that the vaccine would protect you, that the vaccine would make it so you wouldn't have to use your mask anymore. And everybody, you know what, that was a pretty good incentive. I don't really enjoy walking around with a piece of cloth over my face, breathing my own air. I brush my teeth, but it's still, it's my own air. It gives me a headache. So I went out and got the vaccine. And now they're telling me, hey, I know the vaccine's supposed to protect you, but it kind of doesn't protect you that good. It Yes, it gives you protection from dying. And that's important. I don't think a lot of people want to die in this country. But on the other hand, explain it to people. Don't force it down their throat. What I always wonder in this whole scenario where whatever happened to the my choice, my body people who jump up and down all the time about the abortion regulations, but now it's the government's body, not your body when it comes to vaccines. That, that's something that I cannot sit there and say that equals out to me. You know, some people say, well, whether or not you get pregnant, it doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with anybody else in the society. Well, it does. And I'll explain that on another show. The cost, the expense, everything else about it. That lays on the public. But the alternative is, what does the vaccine do? Well, 
I understand they want to stop you from getting health insurance. Well, if that's the case, well, we have fat people. And I'm not fat shaming. If we have fat people, we, we shouldn't give them health care. We have people who smoke. We shouldn't give them health care. But why is it that for this COVID vaccine that we're going bonkers? And now I just now they again, they have the emergency use for now children to age five. That to me is really that, that's very troubling to me. They don't really get it. They don't get affected. They don't spread it as much. But yet we are going to be vaccinating them and still require that they wear masks in school. It's not making much sense. You know, they keep yelling, follow the data, follow the science, right up until the science doesn't follow their talking points. And then don't follow the science, don't follow the data. You've you got to make up your mind. You know, what's also very interesting about this OSHA regulation is it commences January 4th, 2022, which is a couple months away. And I'm sure there's going to be tons of, tons and tons of litigation. I'm sure they've already started. Governors are going to fight back. Interestingly enough, though, a lot of the text for OSHA dealt with, and I specifically think it was aimed at Florida, because Florida has a no-forced vaccine policy. And it basically said it overrides the states. Now, I don't even think OSHA has that capacity to do what they are attempting to do here, which is, I guess, the Supreme Court at some point is going to rule on that. But let's get past that for a second. It's interesting. It starts January 4th. But it has no end date. It doesn't even have a sunset provision. It doesn't even have a provision for them to look at it again. Why? Because it's not really about the vaccine. It's about taking away your control, your liberties, and your rights. The more they can push this onto us, the less we will fight back when they take over the rest of our lives. At least that's the theory. You know, you can call it freedom. And Joe Biden was making fun of it the other day. He was making fun of freedom. Freedom, the freedom to kill you, the freedom to this. You know what? That's pretty sad when our president, the president of the United States, and he still is our president. We did hire the guy for the job. When he's sitting there making fun of the word freedom, that scares me. You know, he's a doddering old guy. I don't know who's pulling his strings, but for those of you who know Jeff Dunham, I would ask that, Jeff, you come back to Washington and pick up your dummy because this isn't funny anymore. There's something going on over here, and we got to look at it and we got to deal with it. The head of the government should be the head, not the other end. Somebody's running this country, and it's certainly not Joe. You know, last week we talked about it a lot, about shipping murderers all over the country. And, you know, people say, oh, my God, not every immigrant is a murderer. You know what? Tell Mr. Cuellar, father of four out of Jacksonville, Florida, that not every immigrant is a murderer. You may be right, but you only need one murderer to murder a father of four. And how'd this guy get in there? How'd this guy come to the United States, sneak in, and then get bussed all the way to Jacksonville? Or flown, probably. Because our government is breaking its own regulations and rules. They shipped out this 22-year-old who said he was 17, so now he's an unaccompanied minor. And they have to keep him 
pursuant to the Flores consent decree, which was a case that I could discuss next week. It's an interesting case, giving minors who come to this country the right to a hearing while we deport their parents. And that's another thing. I'll jump into that right now. $450,000 per person for an illegal alien crossing into the United States that were separated from their children? Are we insane? As a country, we've gone nuts. We give somebody who fights for the life of this country and loses their life. We give their family a lousy $100,000. Yet these people sneak over the border, break into our country, committing misdemeanors, felonies, and who knows what else. Because when they get here, that's a misdemeanor, folks. But we're going to give them $450,000 because they're suing the United States. And who's representing them? The ACLU. Oh, yeah. There we go. There we go. I'm telling you. You know, under the Flores decision, they said you can only keep a person under the age, a minor, illegal alien, in custody for 20 days. That was the Flores consent decree coming from a 15-year-old illegal immigrant. So, of course, the California circus court, that was their decision. So under the Trump administration, we pretty much had a zero tolerance for people coming in to try to get that border under control. And he did. He did have it under control. So they sent the parents back. But the stupid court system said you can't send the kids back because the kids have a right to a hearing. So the courts, in effect, gave the right to keep them here. And now, for some reason, they are thinking they're worth $450,000. We are nuts as a nation if this happens. And Joe Biden doesn't know what's going on because on Wednesday, he said, absolutely, that report is garbage, not on my watch. And on Thursday, his press secretary comes out and says, Joe's perfectly comfortable with paying them $450,000. Now... It comes to, well, maybe not 450. He's comfortable paying them. Well, you know what? Listen, we need to get our heads straight. This is America. This is America. You know, right now they're voting on a bill that has no CBO score, that has not been read by the, the Congress, has not been read by the Senate, but they want to pass it. It's the social adjustment and restructuring bill that will change this country forever. You know, they keep saying it's revolutionary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is America. You're going to get a revolutionary, all right? Don't push Americans too far. I can tell you, we do have a breaking point. We will push back. Touch Americans, and we'll touch you back. You know, Congress is ignoring the 72-hour requirement from the bill text coming out. They're ignoring the waiting for the CBO score, and they know it's dead on arrival in the Senate because the Senate rules require a CBO score, which they say won't be here till December. So guess what? Nancy, sorry to see you go. Not. It's time for you to go. It's time to get people in who really care about this country and are going to make it better, not worse. America has to stand up for itself, and Americans must be cognizant of what's going on in their government. Americans need to make better choices. We need to make sure that the people we send to Washington are not a bunch of knuckleheads, but they're people who represent us, we the people. This is America. Don't forget it. It is a gift. It is a gift we received, and we should treasure it. Why would we throw it away? 
Why would we give it to people who don't represent us? Don't do that. That's a bad choice. So when you vote, vote with your head. Look at who you're voting for. Look at what their record is. Sometimes don't believe what they're telling you because it's not the truth. Look at what happens when they get there. You know, we talked about America and we wonder why America is failing. It's because the people we send to Washington fail us because we don't pay attention when we have that opportunity. Don't change the election. Don't change the way we vote. Don't give people the right when you fought for that right and people died to give you that right. Use it. Make it happen. So, in closing, I want to thank you for listening to Bite of Reality with Mark the Shark. And I hope to see you next week where we'll discuss some more interesting topics. Ready to go, on tap, not microwaved, freshly cooked up for you so that you can listen. And thank you for listening. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.